2: Welcome to the Hunt for Red's October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we are here to talk about the Major League Baseball lockout, unfortunately. Uh, tonight uh, we have Mo Egger with us from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Mo, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. What's
2: going on? Doing doing as well as can be, other than sports. <laughs> uh, we, we also have Doug Gray from Reds Minor Leagues and Red Leg Nation on with us tonight. Doug, how are you doing?
3: I'm angry. I'm not, not happy about this whole lockout situation, but we'll get into that. We will. We will get into that.
2: And we also have Branch joining us tonight. Branch, how are things?
0: Melancholy.
2: Melancholy? Big words from yeah. Branch
0: tonight. Big words.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get right into the news. Um, Major League Baseball owners... Locked out the players starting about midnight last night. Uh, did not come to him in on a new collective bargaining ag- agreement. As I say, agreement 15 times in a row. Uh, in terms of uh, service time, uh, salary uh, for uh, like a salary floor, uh, no salary cap, obviously. The players wouldn't want that. Um, but things like uh, teams tanking, these are all big issues that are that are apparently too far apart for them to have come together to this point. So Mo, I'm going to start with you. Give me your thoughts on the lockout and will well, will it lead into the season? I'm not sure, but what is your perspective on this?
1: That it, it it all just is terribly short-sighted. I, I, I sometimes laugh at people who clutch their pearls about, oh, no one's watching baseball games. Baseball is dying. But I mean, this sport, I think, culturally sort of is a crossroads where not as palatable to um, a lot of people as the old product used to be. Right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. Okay, fine. Well, that's that's a discussion that, that we can have. All right, let's let's. Let's let's make the on-field product as good as possible. The conversation we're having when it comes to the lockout is not that. Uh, the conversation about baseball is always about well, it's uh, it's less of a national sport and and not and, and and it's more of a regional sport. Well, in certain regions, um, fans are pissed off at their team owners because they're not trying to win, right? So, all right, well if if my local team's not trying, well I'm not going to pay attention to anything nationally. Well, how do we fix that? Well, that's not being talked about with the lockout. It 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 just doesn't feel like. Any of these conversations ever are about what advances a game that I really care about, a sport that I love, uh, a sport that's given me some of the happiest moments of my life, and so that's that's why this whole thing is off-putting to me. I understand that you cannot talk about Major League Baseball and how it's going to, to look uh, as we get to the uh, you know through the next decade without talking about the you know the the financial model the sport operates under. I certainly understand there's an, a bit of an existential crisis in this sport where the reality is. Athletes who are 29 and a half, 30 and a half years old are likely to depreciate unless you're Tom Brady. Uh, and so the, the old economic model doesn't necessarily reflect those sensibilities. And, and I, I get that. And I want earlier free agency and I, I find. But at the end of the day, th- this sport has some major, major issues in terms of its relevance to people in terms of as cliche as it sounds obtaining and keeping younger fans, staying relevant in certain markets, staying relevant nationally, not promoting players, the on-field product, well all, all these different things that matter. And instead, it, it, we're, we're going to talk about things that don't resonate with the public and things that it feels like to a lot of people who don't pay very close attention to this are similar to the things that owners and players have been fighting at since the formation of the Players Association. I know I'm being long-winded here. Uh, I know I'm not bear, being very nuanced in my criticism, but it's it's annoying when the conversation about baseball, actual baseball, which should be hat, which is what we should be having, gets pushed to the side for not even a discussion about what the economic model of the sport is going to be moving forward because the two sides aren't even talking. And that, to me, is immensely frustrating.
2: No, I agree. Uh, that, that letter to the fans that Rob Manfred put out was just so – Tone deaf and like insulting, not even not just even to the players, but to the fans as well. Like this is like we had to lock the players out. No, you didn't. You didn't have no. to lock the players out.
1: <laughs> no, no. This was something they chose to do. They voted to do this. They, they were not forced to lock the players out. They but but see what will happen now is there'll be nothing but posturing to try to get the public on one side or the other and that's not productive. Who cares? Right. Like, I, I, mean, I, I, I admittedly tend to lean very pro labor uh, when it comes to things like this. And, you know, Manfred's uh, quote that, that he gave out today, which was, well, the, the thing that we get the, the most negative reaction to our players leave via free agency. I, 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 that doesn't reflect any reality that I'm a part of because the biggest gripe that I see, not just in Cincinnati, the biggest gripe that I see baseball fans have is when their team doesn't try to win or when mm-hmm. their team doesn't know how to win, right? It's not this player left via free agency. Yes, you might get angry at the player because he left or you might get angry at the team for not doing everything they could to to retain a player. But we all understand the the freedom to to go and choose where you work is something these players earn and you might not like it in the moment, but you respect it and you acknowledge it. And then you go, okay, well, what is the biggest issue that I see that fans, like this one or bigger markets like places like Chicago is that the owners don't seem that invested it's a bigger issue I'm not sure what collective bargaining agreement is is going to fix that I I don't know what specifically is going to address that because uh, I've seen big market teams not try to win I've seen small market teams not try to win and the most amazing thing that's happened to me in this sport in my lifetime is how uh, owners have gotten fans to emotionally invest in their bottom line i'm not sure that's going to change but that's the biggest issue it's 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 can't let them leave early it's it's that owners don't try to win knockout is gonna no
2: i agree completely that uh the tanking is a is probably the biggest issue in the sport right now that Mm -hmm. uh i mean look at the reds this past week billions of dollars
1: literally had been handed out on free agent contracts in the past
2: week as teams tried to sign players before this lockout deadline the reds didn't do anything cleveland Mm -hmm. didn't do anything uh even the pirates and the marlins made moves it's like what 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 do those teams that didn't do anything expect is going to happen when the season starts next year because i mean the season i mean baseball will come back eventually whether it's a delayed season or they get this done before then Baseball will be back. Why?
3: Why are you not improving your product? Well, let me let me ask you this, guys. You guys can all correct me if I'm wrong, but you're wrong. I'm pretty sure the Reds only signed one actual free agent to a big league deal last off season too, with Sean Doolittle. So I mean, they're they're a. I mean, this off season isn't over yet. Looking at two consecutive off seasons with one big league signing of a relief pitcher, who, you know, got what one year and like a million and a half dollars guaranteed. Yeah. and didn't even finish the season with the team. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a problem. The Reds yeah. considered themselves a contender for something in both of those seasons and sat on their hands and did nothing.
2: Well, in
0: last well, off When it comes to contract stuff, I've been trying to pull myself away from being, you know, the Reds because their financials seem to be worse than everybody else's. You know, according to them. That's what they were according at to least. them, you know. I mean I mean, again, my cabbages. I don't know how much cabbage Bob sold, and if the the pandemic hurt him that bad, whatever. But on the on the uh, whole of where the rest of the collective bargaining agreement is, the thing that really struck me with Rob Manfred today in his statements that just kind of got my panties in a bunch was the. Uh, the worst thing that can happen to a team is a player leaving for free agency, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, are, you know, are you going back to the 1920s? I mean, it, it it honestly sounded like he wanted to keep on to. You draft the player, you keep that player for life. And That really just churned my stomach.
2: Well, and players come and go. The whole the the sport is cyclical like that. That's why you have a draft every year. Uh, It's why you have free agency. It's why you can sign players to minor league deals. Players will come and go. Of course, people want to have, you know, the nostalgia of the Barry Larkins of the world who stay with the team their entire career. That's just not necessarily the model now. And if the Reds wanted to have a player stay with them for the entire career, like Joey Votto, you pay them. But if you're not willing to pay them, they're going to go to where they're going to get paid. Doug and and
0: Mo is Mo. Oh, sorry, sorry.
2: No, go, no, it's fine. Doug, um, the lockout in terms of what to expect over the next few months. What do you think will be uh, sort of the milestones of will we have a season
3: or not? I mean, I, I think that uh, March first ish. If there's not a deal in place, we're going to start losing some regular season games. I, honest to God, don't believe that we're going to see much movement until at least February. Uh, it seems like the owners are dug in, and they're not really willing to do any real negotiation or talk right now. Uh, I mean, they—was oh, it Wednesday? They had a seven-minute meeting and then they walked out and said, "Yeah, no, we'll 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 figure it out later." And then waited around 12 hours, voted to lock out the players, and then had a letter released it. 1203 saying, hey, this is our side and it's the players that aren't willing to negotiate and talk to us.
2: Yeah, it's I, I don't like the posturing where you put the fans in the middle. <clears throat> uh, if you're having issues in your negotiations. OK, that, I mean, negotiations are supposed to be hard sometimes. Keep it behind closed doors. Don't play the public against the one or the other. And that's what the owners are doing. are trying to play the public against the players.
3: I mean, it, think about everything that you've heard about that has been leaked out over the talks the last forever, really. But, you know, specifically with this, with this situation, you never hear anything from the player's side being leaked out. You always hear stuff being leaked out from the owner's side. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, we always talk about how, you know, the, if you're listening, local B writers, um, it, it, it's the truth. You guys never break any stories because the reds keep everything close to the vest. All the stories involving the Reds get broken by other people because you're hearing about it from the other side of whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the Players Association is pretty much like the Reds. They keep it close to the vest and they say nothing. Whenever you hear something, it's from the other side. I mean, it's I, there's a there's a very important reason for that. The owners are trying to play the PR game and the, the players are just trying to get done what they want to get done.
1: And I think that's... Um kind of the the lesson that maybe the players association learned from 94 and 95 because and, and i think it's been an interesting shift certainly there are people that hold it against the ball players when there's a work stoppage because they see to the scent how much they make and they're they're forward-facing public figures but in 94 and 95 i mean I, I remember specifically tom glavin and brett butler were like, you know, key members of the players association. And they were, they were giving interviews and they were made available. And they were saying things that at the time I'm like, I was uh, in 94 going to be a senior in high school. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's, nobody's going to listen to a guy who they know is making millions and amount of money they can't comprehend. No, they're going to take that as this is a guy who's complaining that he's not making enough money. And in fact, you know, back then the players had some, some very, very, very good things worth fighting for. They just weren't articulated very well in the absence of that you don't hear them say anything you don't hear them say a word which i think from a public posturing standpoint um makes a lot of sense and and so i, I think that is uh at least part of why i think you've seen a little bit of a shift i mean i, I just've i've noticed it i noticed that two uh, two years ago or, or a year and a half ago i should say when we talked about what baseball was going to look like in 2020. Were we going to have a season? What were owners doing to get in the way of us having a season? What, what was the nature of the relationship between players and owners as they tried to come up with a way to have some semblance of a season? And it was interesting to me that the criticism, that the owners took the brunt of the criticism, certainly much more in relation to the players. I'm not sure that would have been the case uh, 25 years ago. And so, yeah, I, I think, it's, I, I, I think it, it helps in that regard. That players don't talk about such things, but the, the history of labor negotiations in baseball suggests that the owners are going to stay unified and that the players at some point are going to fracture because their careers are finite and uh, ownership of a baseball team is generational. These owners are going to stay locked in because they can make up whatever revenue they may lose by a shortened season or, God forbid, a canceled season. A baseball player whose body only has so many years and so many games and so many innings in them at some point is going to want to go ahead and get paid. And But I, I do think the dynamic, it, its as much as I'm not interested in hearing the two sides, um, you know, sort of uh, put fans in the middle, I, I do think fans see through that a little bit more than we may have 27 years ago. And I do think there is a greater awareness of how players have often taken it in the shorts uh, when it comes to negotiations with owners. And I think there is such a dissatisfaction among so many fans with the way their teams are being run. I mean, you know, you, you saw it on a different level in Cincinnati this year where the Reds team itself was uber popular, uh, immensely fun. I mean, how many times did you hear people talk about the personality of the club and how much they liked the guys and how much fun they were to watch. And the reality is they were barely above 500, but they detested ownership. They hated what the, the way that ownership shaped the team. They hated the way that the front office and ownership compromised the team's ability to win. And I, I just, from doing a talk show every single day, it, it, it really took on a very sort of Cincinnati Bengals feel to it where for years, you would talk about the Bengals, and if the quarterback had a bad game, it was yeah, but that's that's because Mike Brown sucks. And this this year, it was mm. well, you know, yeah, the bullpen stunk, and they didn't get you know this guy out in the seventh inning, and it got thrown back at Bob Castellini. That to me signaled, I think, a, just here locally, a dramatic shift. Now that has nothing to do with with labor, I guess, nothing to do with a lockout, but I, I think there is such a a just dissatisfaction that people have with baseball owners right now that if you were to sufficiently gauge public reaction to what's happening right now it would be at least closer to 50-50 and probably reflect at the public sides with ownership more than was the case in 94 and 95
2: well and there's more of an outlet for fans to vent their frustration now than there was in 94 95 there was no social media yeah uh, you you either called into a radio show or you wrote a letter to the editor or you just sat around with your buddies you know talking about what issues you had
0: uh, and, think, and you also, you also couldn't just look up like who was writing the story that you were reading in the paper in 94, 95. I remember living through it and being like, well, you know, I never even thought about, wait, whose side is this guy writing the story on? And thinking back on it, they were always writing for the club. I mean, they weren't writing for the players. They were writing for the club. You know, that, that that's how that went. And Branch. Everybody, everybody blamed the owners on it. Branch. I mean, the players on it. Yeah.
2: Um, the owners are crying poor. Rob Manfred had that statement saying that half the teams were basically losing money <clears> in, other, in one way or another. Without the teams opening the books, how can we believe them that they're actually losing money?
0: I have absolutely no idea. All I know for sure is that Jonathan India won the Rookie of the Year this year. I know that I can go online and I can look up exactly how much money he made <clears throat> down to the penny. I have no idea how much money the Reds made on selling Jonathan India jerseys or Jonathan India bobble night. I, th- we don't know that. As Mo pointed out, we know what they, the players make down to the penny. We do not know what the owners are making at all. Right. And that, is, that, is, that is held. And, and my assumption is they're making money on that as well. So shouldn't Jonathan India maybe make a little bit more than league minimum? Or, you know, for the first three years, for for, for the performance he had on the right. season this year? Me personally, I'm like, well, he had a great performance. You should pay him more. But technically, they don't have to. He's still, he's con- he has to play for them.
2: Well, and then when you think about the negotiations with the Players Association, how are the players going to know if they're mm-hmm. getting, quote-unquote, the right piece of the pie, if the owners aren't going to share their books with them either.
0: You have no idea. That's the thing. It's this big, they're, they're way too secret about it. I mean, the only, the only glimpse we get is a little bit into the Atlanta Braves because they're owned by a publicly traded company. We know before the Braves even made it to the playoffs that in the think it was the third, the third quarter this year, they had, what was it? $295 million in profit. Yeah. That's all we know. That's all we know. So if that was two hundred and ninety five million to the Braves, who at the time did not look like a playoff team, the you know made, made two hundred and ninety five million dollars in just a quarter, three months in profit. How much are the owners making over a year? Right. And like what I mean, yeah, you <clears throat> see you you see the Yankees spend, you see the Dodgers spend. But are they all just spending the same amount? Say, well, we only spend 20% on the product on the field. We don't know that. We, we have no way of knowing that. And honestly, I feel like they're just feeding us a bunch of shit. They're crying poor because I know how much money I spend. I know how much money and in my income goes to baseball. It's a significant amount. Just in, in my household, which isn't a rich household. We're just a normal middle class family. It's a significant amount, and I'm pretty sure the Reds really like that I spend that much.
2: Guys, we got late breaking news. We got a player to join us to give us some perspective. Carlos, tell us your (laughs) tell us your uh, your uh, perspective on the owners locking out the players, since you have a unique perspective. Man, (laughs) can I cuss? Of course. (laughs) No, man, it's. It's Fuck all you, Carlos. Typical, Your meat looks like
0: shit.
4: Typical <laughs> bullshit. The owners pulling the shit, putting everybody against the players, or trying to at least.
0: At least this year, it feels oh, like the players
4: to- are a little more united.
0: <laughs> they're trying to put the rich players against the poor players right now. Yeah, uh, I think I'll-
4: the poor players realize those guys don't even count. Those rich guys, yeah, yeah. yeah but that, but that's percentage. what like the
0: Rob Manfred's going to tell us If they handed out over a billion dollars to what twelve guys. Oh yeah you know, I, yeah, and that's just gonna try to split the uh split the players up a little bit, but it's like, no, it's not us against them. It's just those guys are really good and earned it,
2: Carlos, you retweeted something the other day that I thought was really insightful that players was are there expect- one of your tweets? <laughs> well, other than mine. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I forget who tweeted it, but the owners expect players to eat ramen noodles for six years and then be grateful for what they've received. Something like It was something oh, yeah. along those lines from when, you know, players are in the minors before they even make it to the majors. And then, you know, you're making, I mean, in perspective, yeah, you're making decent money in terms of uh, what normal people make. But the illusion, they lose you. No, I'm saying like once you get to the majors, you know, if you're making a couple hundred grand. But I'm sorry. Yeah, but. And then something Branch said before you jumped on, you have somebody like Jonathan India goes out and wins rookie of the year. He's only going to make a, you know, a few hundred grand next year. So you're, you're paying pennies for a player's best years. And then you're wanting to limit what they want when it's time for free agency.
4: Yeah. I mean, those first, you know, usually what it take about, I'd say the average major leaguer to get there takes, what, five to six years? Yeah. And then once they get there, they've got three years of making league minimum. And then they make a little bit of change if they're good. They've got to be good, <laughs> you know, to to make it three years. I mean, shit, it was so tough to get there and even way harder to stay there. So, I mean, these guys that, you know, like the Jonathan Indias of the world and, you know, the rookie of the years and players like that. I mean, it's just right now it's just hang with them and hope that you can stay healthy for another three years, four years, so you can get a paycheck. I mean, what do we – like, think about the guys like in San Francisco, San Diego, California that are making half a million dollars right now for the next three years if you're a rookie. I mean, you're going to walk out of there with, you know, a
0: little over a million in three years. Okay, right now Juan Soto is probably one of the best players in baseball, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. What's he making?
2: Probably four. Four hundred grand yeah. if that.
0: Yeah, and Juan Soto is is legitimately one of the best players in baseball. he's not getting paid any extra for being one of the best players in baseball. And by the time he's eligible, luckily he came in young, he's gonna be he'll probably get a major contract. But if you have the same season and and you're twenty four, you're not you're they're gonna be like, Well, you're on your downhill side
2: mo uh i know that your time is short so i wanted to come back to you real quick um shortening the time that a player has before they get to free agency why other than the obvious why is that such a sticking point for the owners uh
1: because if i could control the cost of something for six years And you told me, well, instead, you can control the cost of something for four years. I would go, yeah, I would rather control the cost of something for six years. I know it's not like that. You control the cost for three. But, yeah, you know, in in a weird way, I think think it almost almost forces them – I'm trying to figure out the best way to articulate this because I I, I wasn't necessarily expecting that question. I I just (laughs) – I, I wonder how many of these owners are like, all right, you know, we've we we've uh, we're going to lose players, and so I'm trying to figure out the best way to say. It. I'm a talk show host, and I'm not sounding. Like <laughs> right now. It's uh, well. Yeah, no, look, it's been an extraordinarily long day. I I think that the sticking point is they want to control the uh, the movement of players, and when you're controlling the movement of players, and you have a a uh, six you know six years to um. Basically dictate that someone's going to work for you for the first three when you can pay what you want to pay them and for the next three when um, you're certainly not necessarily at the mercy of the player entirely. They view that as more favorable than, this is not a very nuanced way of looking at it, but that's the the math is six is better than four, six is greater than four, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I just, for me as a fan, and that's how I look at it. Um, if the average player that's good enough and lucky enough to hit free agency is 29 and a half years old. Um, and now you're going to tell me, let's just say we got free agency after four years without mechanisms that they have in the NFL, like franchise player transition tag, all that crap Th- that a, a guy could hit free agency after four years as a fan if you're telling me that there's this larger pool of guys who are in their prime um, that can go wherever they want, that sounds immensely exciting because as much as I hate the fact that we hit free agency in some years and there are otherwise quality players that, that, you know, don't get signed. They find that the market is not what they thought it would be there are times where I I like I watched Max Scherzer get signed last week and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun and interesting, but dude, I don't know that I would want my team to pay him uh, what Max Scherzer is going to get from the Mets, which was what three years for 140. So if you're going to tell me, I get a larger group of players who are in their prime who are changing teams. That sounds really interesting. That sounds really exciting. That means a lot of player movement and it might, that squeeze out some guys on the older end, I guess, but, I just, I, 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 want more stuff happening in this sport. I want more teams that, that have access to players in their prime. And so if we have a larger pool of players who are in their prime and hitting free agency, then you have more teams that have access to them. And maybe again, that's not the most nuanced way of looking at it, but free agency now as a fan, it feels like there's a handful of guys that I'm like, yeah, I would want that player. And then a whole bunch of guys where I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want that player. And then a whole bunch of teams that are like, yeah, we're not going to do anything regardless. And that system isn't much fun. And a, a system that gives us more guys in their prime hitting free agency that are there for the taking that are changing teams and making like free agency Mm -hmm. makes teams better. Free agency makes rosters Mm -hmm. better. And so as a fan, I want anything that gives my team a chance to make itself better. And that's how I look at it.
2: No, I agree that uh, I think, I think if you, if, If a player gets a free agency in four years, you're going to give the player more incentive uh, to try to make that money. Um, And who's to say you can't resign your player that is a free agent after four years? If you Mm -hmm. if, if this guy is as good as you think he is and you want him to stay, you pay him. You just he just gets his money two years before he normally would have, but that's two years where the player could get hurt. That's two years where uh, you know once you turn thirty, I can speak from experience. It's all downhill from there, uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of physically. So unless you're somebody like Max Serger or, or like you said before, uh, Tom Brady, who's a mutant, but I I, I guess I don't I don't see why that is the biggest issue for the owners, free agency and uh, service time. When if you just concede on that point, you probably have your CBA by now.
4: That's that's a lot of money, man. Oh yeah, it's a lot of money. If you move it up two years or even start paying them more early, that's so many more players that you have to pay now. And I don't see there's any way that they budge on that the owners um they might you know the first three years bump up that base salary closer to seven um but man start paying those guys early that's that's a a lot of money they're definitely going to have to restructure a lot of a lot of things to to accommodate for that you know for that money for everyone everybody's budget's going to go up and you know if, if they decide to do that everybody everybody's budget goes up and nothing's being changed then we're going to be like, well, where was this money this entire time? Why weren't we, you know, say the Reds are spending $125 million, and then all of a sudden now they're at $135 million without changing anything. And like, well, where did all this money come from? Why was our budget $10 million less last year? Yep. And all of a sudden you make a move to start paying guys, and everything's the same.
2: Spoiler alert, the money was already there. They're just pocketing yeah. it. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, I'm, I'm, gentlemen, I got to jump out hey, my apologies. Oh, Stopped. Shoot. Stopped. Absolutely all no. Right.
0: Good Mo. Yeah. Sorry, you gotta leave. Darn it. I wanted to ask him a question. Go for it. I'm good. I, I, real quick, is Major League Baseball having fun right now?
1: Ron <laughs> Manford is. He's a labor lawyer. This is, you know, I, I tried to put this gently on Twitter last night. I guess I guess I can be less semantically responsible here, but I mean, like last night had to be like the first time he saw a woman naked in front of him, right? I was like, holy crap, this is this is this is happening. I can do this. I, I, I mean, this is like his wet dream. He's, yeah. He gets to be a labor lawyer during a lockout. He oh, gets yeah. to yes. stop a sport that he hates. He but was yeah, having fun.
2: Mo, he was, he was hanging towels and cutting glass. Oh,
1: and on that Back
3: note... Guys, see you, have, have Mo. My <laughs> Thanks, Mo. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. Um, All right, can, can I jump in real quick? I want to kind of get some of what Mo was talking about yeah, with go the ahead. whole... So, I think that the the thing that we kind of miss there is if the let's let's say that you become a free agent after 5 years now instead of 6 what we're really talking about in 95 96% of the cases is 5 years instead of 7 because what we've seen throughout the history of baseball even though we didn't really start picking up on it as fans until i don't know the last decade decade and a half is that teams manipulate your service time so that you actually can't become a free agent after 6 years That's hey, they, don't, they, don't, they don't call those guys up until <laughs> You know, mid-May, because they want to avoid yes. that at 170, I think it's 172 days or whatever, whatever number of days it needs to be yeah. to keep somebody from being a free agent after six years. So That's a good point. not only are they trying to keep you back for that extra year, you know, if they keep you back till mid, mid-May, June 1st, they're also keeping you down for arbitration eligibility an extra year. I mean,
0: Chris uh, Bryant
3: should have been a free agent last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah after after <laughs> all that, all that stuff the Cubs went through, they they still didn't even go for it when Chris Bryant was a free agent, or that you know, that that quote unquote extra year they got, they didn't even try and win.
4: The, Randy Arroserena is gonna wait. Uh, not gonna be a free agent until his ninth year.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's also gonna win three Rookie of the Years. So. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: First ever <laughs> back
3: to back rookie,
1: back to
2: back, back to back, back to back rookie of the years. <laughs> Shout out to Edison Volquez. God, I hate the owners.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's D- just so- Doug. Did you see
4: that article that you know uh retweeted about the owners and about how they manipulate the tax, the taxes on the team?
3: I did. I even retweeted it.
4: Holy shit. I haven't yeah, read that, that one that, yet. That was Shit. that came
3: out that came out like a year ago. So I, that's actually the second or third time I've seen it. But oh, I, I, I to read figured that. there were some breaks, but holy cow, not that much. Yeah, it's it, it's an absolute joke that you know teams can write off player contracts as lost money or you know, the way that the owners can warp the tax law to basically say that we lost money even though they made tens of millions of dollars. Or, I mean, even in the case of, you know, what the article was about Steve Ballmer made like $700 million and paid a third of the tax rate that the basketball players on the team that he owns made paid because he was able to claim their contracts as losses. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're
4: talking about uh, somebody – Working in the stadium pays a
2: higher percentage than what Steve Ballmer did for his team. I mean, you're talking about tens of millions of dollars every year.
4: Yeah, hundreds. Yeah. of yeah. millions of dollars. Of dollars.
2: Oh, I, yeah. Bastards! Um,
0: they, but they can so afford they can vicious. afford people to go to Congress and fight for them.
3: So uh, uh, you mean uh, you mean just give them money to? Yeah, but that's yeah. that's that's to, what i mean. to make that's what sorry. happens happen to happen. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs>
2: I I wanted to ask you all about another thing that came out um, that was not related to the labor dispute. Uh, There was an article that came out that major league baseball used two different balls this year without telling the players and Carlos, I'm glad you were able to join because this was one I was going to ask you about as a pitcher. If you don't know that you're throwing a loaded ball, well, a live ball, we'll say, (laughs) I mean, they're taking your safety in their hands without giving you any kind of heads up of hey, this balls going to come come at you a little faster
4: yeah, that, that was that's wild. I'm surprised it's not a bigger deal. I, you
3: yeah, know, it should I, be a
4: big deal. <laughs> I, I asked a buddy of mine, and he kind of
3: blew it off. I was like, huh, that's interesting. and I don't I can't remember who it was, but there was a pitcher who took a a line drive to the head this year. Chris Bassett. And he, yeah, it was a guy. A guy yeah, he, and he actually tweeted about I it. He's like, that. I, I want to know if the ball that hit me was loaded or not.
4: Yeah. I wonder if he could have a lawsuit on his hands.
3: Uh, I think I think he does
0: have a lawsuit on his hands, honestly.
4: I mean, that's terrible. To go out there and say, hey, these primetime games, you send them this ball. If the Reds versus the Pirates, send them this ball. What?
2: Right. Well, I mean, you're messing with the – with the fairness of the game at that point for sure.
0: You're Missing well, and careers. also it, right. and it kind of explains a whole lot of the, Hey, I've got a slider that strikes everybody out. I don't know why my slider wasn't working that game and they hit three home runs off of it. That, yeah. that game in it, Iowa. As a, as a pitcher, you're going to be pissed, man.
2: <laughs> oh, I Carlos, that game in Iowa, those balls were oh, flying. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. And it's not like you know Iowa's any different than a lot of the other midwestern cities where uh, no. where games are played. So it makes you wonder: were they using loading balls a that game? Absolutely. If they're sending them to a Yankees Red Sox game or
4: something like that, of course yep. they're sending them out there. Everybody was watching that.
2: Bastards! I'm yeah, you. yeah. That
0: that that ball that ball thing needs to be a bigger deal. It's probably going to get squashed under. Well, the, the owners are crime poor and the players are greedy. Bullshit.
2: Well, yeah. I know yeah. one thing that uh, I think is, is definitely different between now and previous work stoppages, not just the social media, but there's just so much more uh, avenues for players if they wanted to to get their message out. And um, obviously, the players association keeps quiet and smartly, I think. Uh, Let the let the owners leak all the dumb stuff and make themselves look stupid, but uh, you can't just screw players over now and expect them to sit down and take it because they have the avenues now to reach the fans directly that they might not have had before.
1: Yeah,
3: well, not not just that. I I think that one of the other things that's beneficial now versus 1994 is where did you get your news from in 1994? Newspapers, a few magazines, weekly. A few Baseball magazines easily. and a few newspapers, right? Yeah. Well, with the internet, I mean, even idiots like me have a voice, and mm-hmm. every te- every team has two or three prominent writers out there who do- who aren't employed by a newspaper. If your town even has a freaking newspaper anymore, um, you know. I mean, how, how just the the amount of information not only that we have access to but the amount of voices that can give that information to fans is so much more than it used to be you're getting many more voices out there to spread the information even beyond just the players like i i think that that helps a little bit i think that there's more i don't want to say this without being rude um i'm just i guess i'm just going to be rude there, there, there's more people out there now that have a good understanding of what's actually happening
0: there's so much more I mean I was alive in 94 and and, and, and mature <laughs> thank,
3: thank alive, God you
0: weren't dead alive in and alive and mature in 94. yeah you know, I, I was you know heck, I, first year or third year in college in 94 A strong Dang. you know subscriber to uh <laughs> to, to uh to, to baseball America. I, and we never even, I, and I'll be honest with you, we never even thought of the fact that all the articles we were reading in that were coming from Mark Sheldon.
2: Well, in and- or
0: Mark Sheldon esque. I mean, it was it was coming from the club, you know. That's you got at the beginning of the season and like through spring training, everything you got was hype. Everything was hype. There might be an editorial, but there wasn't much. And there was even newspapers tried that were like the athletic, you know, is now that didn't work out.
2: Like the sporting that news. That
0: were, were, were tried to be independent. And, not, and that was kind of a big deal, honestly. Is uh, uh, Heck, when ESPN, the magazine came out in 95. I that
2: think was, was a big deal.
0: That was a big deal because it was supposed to be an independent. And well, I, I remember that. Hell, that was a $27 a year subscription. I remember signing up for it. And that $27 hurt
2: yeah you know. and i I agree with Doug that the voices now it they're more numerous, but they're also more diverse to where you're not just listening to old stuffy white men writing their columns in the newspaper. You know, it's not just Paul Doherty giving you your uh, news on the Reds anymore. Uh, the The people writing about it are younger. They are, uh, I mean, you can get perspectives from women. You get perspectives from across the board instead of just, cranky old dude sitting at his typewriter being pissed off at the world. And, you know, 1994, I was 14, so you know what I was doing. I was watching baseball and beating my shit like it owed me money. But, uh, <laughs> but,
4: it's a weird thing to beat it to, <laughs> But
2: <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but but I still remember that. I remember because um, the players – the, yeah, that's what you remember. That's what I remember. No, the players went on favorite? strike. What was it? Yeah, the Yankees. Um, but the players went on strike like in August and canceled the World Series, and that was a big deal because, I mean, even World War II didn't cancel the World the World Series, and to to see what happened then, I mean, the Montreal Expos never recovered from that, but the owners are just. Why can't they see what they're doing?
0: <laughs> but you also you also believed every year that your team had a chance because right. everything you had read had told you your team has a chance, and you believed it
2: because every there was, year there was so much. What what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there was. I feel like there was more emphasis on player development back then. Maybe I'm wrong.
3: You're um, wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I was none. <laughs> here's the actual difference. I'll tell you right now. You actually had to win baseball games in 1994-95 to actually make money. Because the revenue was brought to you by ticket sales. Now, yeah. you don't need to sell a single ticket to make $120 million a year. Amen. Yep. You don't have to sell anything. You know, Craig Goldstein of Baseball Prospectus tweeted out this afternoon, starting in 2022, just from the national television contracts, every team Get $60.1 million. Before. That's before they sell a ticket, yeah. a hot dog, before they get any of their local television revenue, which for the Reds, we don't know exactly how much it is, but the estimates are somewhere between 50 and $60 million a year. Uh, and they're on the low side among Major League Baseball teams when it comes to their, lo- their local television deal. Uh, that's before they sell a single advertisement on the wall, before they sell any of their sponsorships for their... You know, the Cincinnati Reds pizza chain or the Cincinnati Reds, you know, grass company, whatever, whatever all these sponsorships are for their 17 lawyers, whatever. They don't have to do any of that. And they're starting out with one hundred and twenty million dollars. You know, back in 1994, I mean, their, their TV contract was worth like eight million bucks.
2: Yeah, if that,
3: if that. Yeah, and, and, and it's just you don't have to win games anymore. To make money. And that's one of the things that the players are trying to change. They're trying to get rid of some of the revenue sharing to teams like the Reds, but more so teams like the Pirates, the A's, the Rays, who don't spend any money whatsoever. We, we all sit here and, you know, it, it feels like for the last two years we've talked about how the Reds don't spend any money. But compared to some of these other teams, the Reds are the freaking Yankees in terms of spending. Like, they don't spend any money. Yeah, the, the Cleveland Guardians have an opening day payroll set for twenty twenty two that's less than what Max Scherzer makes next year.
2: And, but, and Cleveland's a bigger city than Cincinnati.
3: I mean, they're 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 very very close, yeah. in terms of their their market size. But either way, well, I think know, the Pirates were less than
0: what Bauer made last year. Right? <coughs> uh,
3: it's I don't I don't know the exact. Don't even thing. say his
4: name. <laughs>
0: but that, I'm pretty. But I mean, I'm pretty sure they they were less than what Bauer made last year,
2: and no, he didn't even pitch. Oh, now, yeah. Carlos. According to Rachel, uh, his agent, he was a pioneer in getting <laughs> surgery his contract. Oh, Lord.
3: Yeah, yeah who, who who could definitely forget about Roger Clemens who did it for like a decade straight but right. whatever?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Clown. Yeah, yes. that guy needs he, to go. Is she still
3: even his agent? She's he technically needs, never even been his actual agent. Yeah. Okay. She, she's she's basically – that. she is an agent, but she's not the one that worked his contract – She's not his listed agent with the MLBPA. Like, <laughs> I, ugh, I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. Some, some, yeah. people,
0: some people just need to ride off into the desert and go away.
3: True. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, this is a happy podcast. Let's not talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But,
4: you I know, think we'll have can, plenty can, can of time this it... season to just talk about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, you know, getting back to the whole, you know, revenue sharing thing, like that one of the things that the players wanna do is get rid of that so that you have to kind of at least in a little bit of a way get back to forcing teams to trying to win to make money. Because yeah. right now there's there's no incentive in that. And one of the things the players wanna do is try and in, in some way make it so the Pittsburgh Pirates have to actually try and win games than just pocketing eighty million dollars a year and not spending any money and not really trying.
2: Now I saw a proposal that uh, the, the potentially moving to a sort of quasi NBA style draft lottery, but that it was only with the top three picks. I think that was dumb. What makes the NBA the NBA draft lottery is good. There's still teams that tank, but God, yeah. Every team that doesn't make the playoffs is in the draft lottery. That way, if you you know lost a five games, you're the worst team in in baseball you have the best shot at the number 1 pick but you don't have 100% shot at the number 1 pick i i think there's something to that having some kind of draft lottery but
0: but the top 5 picks are all that matter in baseball i mean it's
3: but even even then do they do they really matter
0: they don't necessarily, like, who, who, yeah. who, was the,
3: who was the number one draft pick in 2015?
0: God, I don't even know. don't care.
3: Neither do I, okay? And it's literally <laughs> my job. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't even know who it was. And that's the point. Like, even even if you get a Steven Strasburg or a Bryce Harper, like, baseball isn't the sport where one guy makes it. He, there, there isn't an NFL quarterback no. kind of effect in Major League Baseball. There's not a LeBron James or Steph Curry effect in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. One person cannot dominate. Like, if a starting pitcher could be as good as they are every five days, every game, that's that's what it would take. But they can't yeah. do that. Arm fall off, and you just wouldn't be any good. because well, your arm wouldn't exist anymore. Like, you, you just cannot make that kind of impact. Hitting uh, a
0: baseball is hard. Throwing a baseball is hard. It takes a while, and you ain't gonna. You, you don't know by the time the draft comes around. You just don't.
3: Yeah, I mean, real quick, how many number one overall draft picks are in Hall of Fame?
0: The answer is two. Oh, wow. my God. Two. Really?
3: Two. Now, A-Rod A- should be there, but he's not. So yeah. that, that, that would give you three. But, I mean, that's King it. Ken Griffey Jr.
0: Ken Griffey Jr. And, and Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. That's, okay. okay.
3: that's it. That's it. Since nine fifty five. Dude, I remember people that? having doubts about Chipper.
0: I, I really do remember people having serious doubts about Chipper.
2: Oh, Larry do, could do hit Through the though.
0: minor leagues. Oh, Larry I'm not could even hit <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, let's 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 make this a reservoir. Jonathan India was called a bust less than a year ago. Yeah, Shit, a year, less than a year ago. I was, tell,
0: I was saying he should be in double A. I mean, I ain't going to back away from that. I mean, I was just going off what I had saw. And I, I was calling him a bust. Hell.
3: I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead. I'll, I I didn't call him buff. I thought he was still pretty good property. I heard good things, but 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 you know that's 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 the point though. You heard
0: good things. You got inside information. I just looking at his numbers, going.
3: Eh. All hey, right. buddy. <laughs> I do this thing where I like I write about him and everything. You're I to have I that know. same inside information. I wrote about it. Well, well I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I read it. I just didn't ooh, agree. You, with you just <laughs> called yourself out for not reading Doug's shit. <laughs> oh. oh, I read oh. I read Doug shit every oh. morning. Oh boy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I actually... I'll, I'll give him this. He, he, he has, I definitely know him say things about my stuff. I know he actually reads at least some of it. I, no, I actually read it every freaking morning.
4: Guess who's not getting a Christmas card?
3: <laughs> oh, oh. It's my Christmas. I used to make them with me and my dog all the time, but now he's not here. I don't make them. Anymore. Oh, that's a sad. Now, now well, now way do make sad, everybody sad? Carlos.
0: Yeah. I always, I always do that. You no, know, we don't need no dog stuff in
3: here. Good God.
2: All All right. the
3: best, uh,
2: let's, let's, yeah. Why don't we transition to some listener questions? Uh All right. earlier today I asked everybody to ask some questions using the hashtag <sighs> lock me out daddy. Um, <laughs> first question comes from Ode to the Reds twenty twenty two World Series. He asked hashtag lock Me Out Daddy, who is the first person on your hit list? We're just coming out hard off the off the bat here. Damn! Hit list for what?
3: Hit list. Yeah. I'm thinking
2: to kill. Um, Shit. So Doug, Doug. Who do you want to? Who do you want to murder?
3: I, I honestly, I don't even. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody who deserves it in this world, but uh, I don't know who they are, and they're definitely not in sports. So yeah, I don't really
2: have anybody on a hit list either. I I hate myself. More than I hate other people. Like I'm so. sure
3: there's some, some terrible <laughs> dictator type people out there. I mean everybody absolutely good. deserve it. But it's
2: like what people say: <laughs> yeah. if you could go back in time, would you kill Hitler? Kind of thing. Well, well of course. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, would somebody worse have replaced him? You don't know. Although I don't know how much worse you could get. But
3: than hey, Hitler. if if I can go back in time, I'll do the same thing.
2: <laughs> Carlos, I guess you don't have a hit list. Not. But... Branch, you got a hit list?
0: No, I don't. But say that Twitter handle again, so I can make sure to set up alerts to make sure I don't end up on his.
2: <laughs> <So> you don't <laughs> talk shit to him. Oh, yeah.
0: I, what was it? What was that? Ode
2: oh, to the Reds twenty twenty two World Series at. <laughs> oh, okay, to, oh go to Reds World set Series.
0: alert now. <laughs> I need to make sure I don't piss that guy off. He's got
2: funny tweets. I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of handsome too.
0: I'm gonna like and favorite everything he says.
2: Good looking guy. He's pretty smart. <laughs> Uh, based Max Schrock asks uh, for Lock Me Out Daddy, why can't you just get Doug Gray to unlock the door? Oh, that took a turn. Doug, you're not my daddy. I'm sorry. That's what you think. <laughs> Burn. 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 Burmy had a question. Hashtag Lock Me Out Daddy. Where do the Reds save the most money during the lockout? Obviously, it seems like they're going to save the most money if we get to canceling baseball games from salary, but... Do you really save much in the off season by locking the players out? No. I mean, I mean that's, those, that stadium deal players, was
3: bad. <laughs> those players don't get paid in the off season, right? Like, I'm, like the way uh, things are set up now is you, as a player, you can choose how you get paid, like how often you get paid. So there are there may possibly be a few players who, you know, would be getting paid. Now, obviously, right now it's not happening. Like you, you're not getting paid. But some some players do have it in their contract; they can start getting paid in spring training. Um, oh, but very, very few players actually do that. Um, you have to go out of your way to do that. Um, and you also have to have a guaranteed contract for that. It, you know, the guys that are, you know, in arbitration or pre-arbitration minor league contracts, they don't get anything during spring training other than you know, meal money and, and things like that. Uh, so the, the, the owners don't really save any money. And in fact, they might actually lose money um, during this because... They're not allowed to use any sort of player names, likeness rights or anything in any of their products trying to sell season tickets, um, you know, which may or may not matter to the kind of people that are buying season tickets. I don't know. But, you know, if they're sending out, you know, in, informative packages um, to people that had season tickets in the past, kind of picture Joey Votto on there and say, hey, come watch Joey Votto. Like, they can't do that. Um, that, that may... In in the short term, cost them a little bit of money, but I, I don't think that there's any actual amounts of money that matter that are being made or lost right now.
2: I I sent an informative package to Bob Castellini, but I haven't heard back unless he got it. <laughs> I I sent Pack- him. A, did you
3: did you say package?
2: It was a uh, it was for it's, the website is called Dicks by Mail, and it was a bag full of gummy dicks. And when he would have opened it, it, would have said, "Eat a bag of dicks." So I know it got delivered. I just, I'm sure he wasn't the one who opened it, but whoever with the Reds opened the big bag of dicks, I hope it brightened your day.
0: Yeah, it was some 15 year old intern.
2: No, well, now you're going to make me sound like a creep.
0: <laughs> no, no,
3: buddy, we probably, don't got to make you sound like a least, creep. Yeah, a you just told us what you were insert.
4: searching for on the interweb, so we're like, Ooh.
2: oh no. I was sent another website that I didn't use, where you could send a gallon of poop, and you could choose the animal of poop that you could send to what somebody. The hell, yeah! And I thought that ah. might be crossing the line. So I even yeah, what's sad about poop. this is,
0: is as I know you're not even in the darkest parts of the interweb. No,
2: yet. I am like a... because, be, because said, yeah
0: be, be, yeah. Be, Oh, because because Farney goes into the darkest of the darkest parts of the web. Shout out Farney. He doesn't to bring he... Uh, to, to bring us the the greatest parts. And like I'm always like Farney, back away from that corner. It is the darkest part of the interwebs. Back away, brother. Well,
2: <laughs> don't ever go on the dark web. I've heard stories. God. I've heard stories. I that is one thing I will
0: never do. Because... I, I think Farney lives there.
2: I don't think he actually goes on the actual dark web, though. I don't know. I mean, stuff like red rooms where you can watch people get killed and stuff. I, I'm not. Kind of Dude, see, I don't out. even
0: know that exists.
2: I don't know. What the hell are y'all talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't we change the subject?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's get off the group chat shit.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Woo at Woo the Reds had a question. Hashtag lock me out, daddy if the proposed realignment to two divisions per league happens along with the universal DH, do you think MLB will have the smarts to completely realign based on geography or is it just too much change for the slow moving, uh, major league baseball is realignment on the table with this CBA.
0: It, it appears to be for the owners. Yes.
4: I heard it like a tiniest of like, I don't even know where I heard that from, but I don't, I don't know if that's really on the table or not.
2: I think geography would be the most logical way to align teams. I mean, a lot of other leagues do it that way. Uh, Unless, you know, um, you would have probably like Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Detroit would be a division.
3: Put the Reds back in the West. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, that sucked. Honestly, it did
2: know that Dodgers rivalry was pretty good back in the day. It
0: was, it was, it was good with the teams that they had. It would suck now.
3: Look, I just want somebody to explain to me how the Bengals are in the AFC North and the Colts are in the AFC South. Yeah. I, so I just uh, geography is not very good for sports. I feel like they've all had a little bit of brain damage. Like this, this should be simple and easy, and yet somehow it, it is. Um, Well, I mean.
2: I'll give you another example. When the SEC expanded, um when it's going to expand again, Carlos, you know, shout out to Texas. But um oh, Missouri is in the SEC East, and it's the only team that's farther west than them is Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, why well, Arkansas is too, but um I think you're going to have a little bit of that because you're not going to be able to pigeonhole every team into uh, a geographic division like you like all those you can, get,
0: you can get rid of NL and AL but you you going to you're going to have to keep three divisions at least
2: but i think if you do a radical realignment you have to have a universal dh
0: well that i think that's the reason this is coming up yeah. cuz it's going to to a dh and honestly that's the last rule when we i mean heck the the used to be a thing where the, the president of the AL and the president of the D, uh, the NL was a thing those, yeah. those don't even matter anymore.
2: The president of NL <laughs> used to have their office in Cincinnati yeah, for a while. Yeah, it,
0: it used to be a thing and it's just not anymore. Yeah. And that's fine. And if you want to go to change up the divisions, and honestly travel-wise is good because it's easier to fill ballparks if people can travel to, you know, a ballpark that they're competing in.
2: Well, and you also save money on travel. if
0: On travel, and, and it's easier on the players. Line, it, it, yeah. it 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 honestly makes sense. To do it. You know, and, and like the Reds and the and the Braves being in the same division kind of makes sense. It just does. You know, the Reds and the Indians being in the same division makes sense.
2: That's what I'm it
4: saying. Did y'all, did y'all talk about expanding the playoffs already? No, we haven't. No, not we can, yet.
2: We can jump into that now, though. Go ahead, Carlos.
4: Uh, <laughs> what is the proposal? 14 teams? Uh, yeah, yeah, I
2: think it was 14, which I think is, Damn. I think that's excessive.
4: I think that's a bit much. Um, the, play, the players counter. Really complain, 12. though, if it happened? Being a fan? I mean, no, yeah. I wouldn't. The I, players I don't think I would, But I know what would happen. I mean, the Reds would be even more status quo than they are now.
2: True. As far I, as mean, as spending, I mean,
4: spending. Because why would you? Because I don't think Bob's truly worried about winning a World Series. He think probably, he wants to make the playoffs. <laughs> But at a cheap price, and he can do that if we go to fourteen.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You uh, you you're not going to have to spend as much. You're not going to have to trade your prospects to because
4: they would they would I don't think they'd have done anything different. So say last last year, fourteen teams are making the playoffs. You think the Reds would have done anything different than what they did?
2: Probably would have done less
4: because they would have been in. I think they would have done exactly what they did, is pick up a couple of relief pitchers, hope they panned out, which the majority did, and they'd be in the playoffs.
0: God, I hate to give Wu credit, but 76 wins is a lot different than the 72 wins, and Castellini said it, and he's right. That, that's, that's how it goes. <sighs> Bob Castellini. Damn it, Woo! you can kiss my ass.
2: The the funny thing is, people started <laughs> they they started comparing Bob Castellini to Mike Brown, like I said. Mike Brown's gone out and spent money the last couple off seasons. Mike Brown went out, well, maybe not Mike Brown personally, but the Bengals went out and reworked their defense via free agency, and now at the season now they're in the playoffs. So, yeah. hey, let's
3: let's 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 dive into this real quick. I'll make it nice and nice and simple. The Bengals started being selectable when Mike Brown decided to let other people start making some of the football decisions. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like the opposite of any Reds happening uh, for the last decade and a half.
2: What what drives Mets is when the few times Bob Castellini speaks, and only to Paul Doherty, apparently, he admitted to nixing trades because he liked the player.
0: Thought
1: oh, he was a fan that's favorite. Facts. Yeah,
2: and it's like, my God, do you not have a brain? Do you want to win? It
4: Really makes me nervous about. You know, I I enjoy watching Nick Castellanos' His family seems like great and everything, but I it kind of worries me that they might overpay for
0: to try to bring yeah. him back
4: because he's a fan favorite. Yeah,
0: that that does me too because Chris Ryan's a better player. Well, I mean, those, those guys are not even on the same
3: yeah realm.
0: And it, it, that, that, that worries me as well. And I honestly think that with Bob, he's... I, I think there's an issue with between the, the, the Castellani and the Williams right now. And that there might be something going on with needing to be able to buy the Williams out. Because well, the Williams are also big-time owners.
2: Well, Bob Castellani... And, only owns. And I think they're
0: trying to. Yeah, he don't own the whole thing. He owns fifteen
2: percent, like, but he owns the controlling share. That's the key: is whoever owns the controlling share. With the, when it comes yeah. to the Reds now, yeah, there. Yeah. I think there are there are companies or individuals that own a higher percentage. But he owns the no, controller. not here. there isn't. I thought the Williams,
3: it was the, the Williams brothers each own twelve point five percent, as far as I know. All
2: right, that's where yeah. I was confused, and I was counting them together. See, but yeah, and
3: I and
0: I honestly see everything that the Reds have done as a we, recently as a way to push the Williams out out. So there might be more stuff going on that we just don't
2: know. Doesn't Jeff Weller uh, own a couple percent too?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, as far as I know, there are 19 people and/or groups now who all is involved in groups that are listed. Uh, I don't know, so there's there's more. I'm sure. I'm sure all those groups aren't just one person. Right. Uh, I know there's a yeah. Couple that's, corporations. that's that's the ownership page in the uh, the media guide. There's 19 people and/or groups listed as you know major like not not a majority, but like owner. They have ownership stake in the Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's part of the problem with. How things work with the Reds too. You know, they don't have one super rich guy. They've got, they probably got thirty-five people in their ownership group. And Castellini does have the, uh, the, 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 the CEO share or whatever you want to call it, and kind of gets to make the decisions. Um, you know, he still has to kind of worry about the other people in his ownership group. Whereas, you know, when you single owner or a, a, a family ownership who owns mostly all of the team like in the, the Yankees situation um, it, it's very different. You see
4: and I think people I wonder would... how much 12 and a half will cost us Can we get started GoFundMe? me we we'll just have it
3: well let let's, let's let's talk it out. The Cleveland uh, Guardians are trying to sell a minority share of their team right now um uh-huh. the guy who just bought the Kansas City Royals two years ago so he he sold his share. Uh, back to the Dole family because he was able to buy the Kansas City Royals, and can't own just you can't own own two two teams. teams, Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are trying to find somebody to take that that share back over. the The Guardians valued themselves at one point four billion dollars. Well, they're not worth any more than the Reds. So what's twelve and a half percent? Let's let's do this math here. One two five times one. I was told there'd be no math. I got Ten a percent it's 10 10% is one one forty. So basically, 100, 100, million. It's
2: 100, it's $175
0: dollars. There you go.
3: Yeah. So so you can't start a GoFundMe for that. We're poor. Can
4: Joey be a player slash
3: owner?
2: Let's do that. Yes.
3: I'm pretty sure that that is allowed. Yes. Hell yeah. So you you, you, you make that phone call. I got a you call make, to make. You if make
0: if that was... phone call. Hey hey <laughs> hey man, I'm sitting. I'm gonna, I'm sitting on a cool two thousand dollars. <laughs> I can. I can I can throw in.
2: I can give you thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> give me thirty-seven dollars worth of reds.
0: My kids are grown. They they, they don't need don't need presents. Two thousand dollars. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hundred
4: and
0: whatever.
4: You said fifty million dollars. How much does that? Do you get to write off? One hundred twenty?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know actually. Honestly, gonna... ta- tax wise, if, if we just throw everything we own at it, and we're owners, we'd probably come out better. I don't
3: know. I don't, I, can, I don't think I can put together that kind of money, though.
2: No, I, I don't think I could either, dude.
0: I'm telling you, I got a cool two thousand sitting right here. Cash. We can head to Cash Vegas. Money. All you got to do is hit <laughs> all yes. black a couple of times.
2: We'll go to Vegas, <laughs> where the house always wins. But we'll <laughs> we'll double our money, triple our money.
3: So let's. Let me, I'm going to bring this all full circle now. You just talked about Vegas. We talked about the uh, the different baseballs last year. There was one sports book. It stopped taking bets on, or stopped setting the over/under and taking bets in the baseball <clears zone throat> because they figured out that something was going on. Oh, and, really? And their model was not working the way that it should, and they couldn't figure out why. And they're pretty sure that it's because of the baseball situation.
0: Wow! God, I
4: hope this thing blows up. So I did do, do too. too.
2: The the one thing that oh. you can always count on is Vegas knows. Yes. Vegas Good. knows.
4: That is messing with people's monies and careers. That's
2: crazy.
0: Yes.
3: I mean, let's think about this for a second. Like, you know, we always talk about, you know, luck in baseball. You know, pitcher was lucky or unlucky because, you know, this this hit, you know, he happened to pitch in that ballpark that day. The wind was blowing in, whatever. Like, and you know, we try and adjust these things here and there for luck, whether it's, you know, the, the advanced pitching metrics or, you know, there there's more advanced hitting stuff now like you know the expected on base the expected sl- all that stuff we try and do things like that now because i don't know we're all a bunch of freaking nerds um myself included i don't 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 get this the wrong way like i'm i'm very much in that in that spectrum but you know if you just happen to be quote unquote, unlucky in the baseballs that you were pitching or they were being pitched to you
0: hello I, Luis castillo
3: I mean, that really could affect your career by tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's just
4: mm. – it's mm. absolutely
3: crazy. I mean, if, if you were in your free agency year and you just happened to just totally blind luck that you got to face, let's say, 30 percent more of the, quote-unquote, dead baseball compared to somebody who was, quote-unquote, lucky and got to face the juiced baseball – I mean, what what does that do to your numbers versus theirs? And let's say, you know, now they're we'll, – we'll make it a little bit more simple. Let's say their OPS improved by 50 points versus yours. What what does that do to your market? How much money did that cost? Oh, damn.
2: That's millions That's of a, dollars.
3: I mean, Doug, just think about, like,
4: just TJ Anton and, and Sims. Mm-hmm. They, or- cha- they took away the sticky stuff.
3: Yeah. How much did that affect them? I mean, I, I don't – I, I I hesitate to say that that's why a guy got hurt. I mean, I I I, I, I it's possible. Don't, I don't. I, know. I, 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 it's, it's I'm Luis, not saying that it, it's, it's Luis not Luis
0: Castillo. I, I don't know what his I, his his numbers did not his spin rates and stuff did not change a lot from first to second half.
3: No, but what he was doing did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Some but th- those.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I I 100% believe it hurt from from changing oh, that oh, taking oh, that oh, away. Oh, don't man. get me
3: wrong, I, I believe that you can get hurt. I, I can understand I understand all of the everything that make it makes sense. I'm just saying I don't want to say that that is what caused Anton's injury specifically because I yeah, I just don't, yeah. I just don't know. You, you, like, you I I, yeah, I, I don't no want I don't want to put that out there like because I just I just don't know. Breaking um, news! Yet, Dead I, 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 know, says I agree that with the you, Carlos. Like hurts. it is a thing that is possible, <laughs> and I'm sure that it has happened to someone. I just don't want to point to specific people and say that that's what happened.
4: You know? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then we can say Sims. Like obviously, his spin rate numbers went way down. He he were way down. They changed. Yeah. His his slider was not the same. It took him until like, you know, the last several weeks to kind of figure yeah. it out a little bit.
3: I mean, and then that's the thing too like that's was all over the place. There there were I mean there were multiple studies that came out towards the end of the year showed you know the dip of when they did take that mm. sticky stuff away they started looking for it but it, by the end of the season pretty much everybody had gotten back to roughly where they were before. Yeah. Uh, now as we were kind of alluding to you know is is that going to lead to more injuries because guys are they're manipulating the ball a little bit differently. It's putting slightly different stresses on you know, their hands, their wrist, their elbow, their shoulder. Like, that. those are things that are, 100% can be happening to try and make up for what you want to get back to where you were.
2: Speaking of uh, stress on the wrist and forearm, shout out to Phil Razor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought you were going to give us a throwback to your
0: 14 year old watching. That's yeah. what, yeah, that's what oh, I'm not, saying. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't have 10 to 9 is for nothing No, I mean, um, I'm,
0: I'm going to say I watched the Atlanta Braves Because they were on TBS every night But it never caused that <laughs> I mean I love Del Murphy But I didn't love Del Murphy That would have been really weird between Me and old Grade Max When I became a T It
2: would have weird
4: if you
1: talked about it.
4: <laughs> Greg, Greg can you turn to the side <laughs> yeah,
2: That's the ticket So we got We got a so couple I'm more questions wait. Um Kyle Kapler uh, asks, hashtag lock Me Out, Daddy. Will the Reds have Diet Right and RC Cola at the games next season instead of Coca Cola products? Are they I'm sorry, everybody? I didn't catch that. Can you say that again? Will the Reds switch to RC Cola and Diet Right from Coke to save money?
3: <laughs> Listen, I, I I like RC Cola. The once every decade and a half I have it. So I'm not going to talk
0: I've got a twelve back in my pantry right now.
3: There you go. Oh, so, uh, you know. Maybe maybe you can sell that to the Reds. Who knows? That's maybe that's how we can get our, our GoFundMe really off the ground. We can uh, we can just start selling the Reds some RC Cola at Coca-Cola prices.
0: Do you uh, remember D- Doug? That's my RC Cola. No, they don't get the They don't get that. That's mine. I bought it. It's Do mine. they still?
2: <laughs> Do you remember the old Kroger from... brand soft drinks, the Doctor Thunder? Oh,
0: I love <laughs> those.
2: <laughs> and I forget some of the, what the some of the names of the other ones were were hilarious. The, Dude, the I'm telling off.
0: you, the, the best cola out there is a save a lot cola called cola. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm going to take your word for that one. It's, seriously, it's good. You know what cola it's means it's in good. Spanish? It's good.
0: What does no, cola
2: mean in Spanish?
0: Ass. Nice. Okay. Well, I love to save a lot of ass.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> it is good. I love to pop me open some ass and just down it.
3: And <laughs> note on note, I'm ass. <laughs> Um,
2: you didn't think you want to learn some Spanish today, did you, Doug? <laughs> I, I try
3: to, but, you know, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I really should learn more Spanish given my job. I'm just a terrible human being.
2: I used to know a lot more. I i took four years of it two in high school, one in college, but it's been a long time, and I've basically only remember some of the passwords now.
3: I remember El Bano because that's the important one. Like, you got to, if you got to yeah. know, you got to know.
2: I remember well, Pendejo. you
0: like me. You're like you're. You're probably watching Dominican League right now, and and not like right this second, but yes. well, not right the second, but yeah, I've been because you know that's a value twenty nine dollars. You get the entire season. That's value. All listeners go out watch the, the the Dominican Winter League. It's you can you can stream every single game. It's fantastic. Um, it, but the uh, when I worked with when I used to work out in uh in like Southern California, I picked up on all the Spanish speaking stuff. It was great. And it really, when you're working with it, it wasn't bad. Because all the contractors we were using all spoke Spanish and wasn't bad. You got to figure it out.
2: Pendejo. Um, I don't know why
0: that's my favorite word. It just is. Uh, Which? <laughs> Huevos we, is my favorite Spanish word. Eggs. Dude, it can be used so many know, ways. I know, I know. <laughs> it's so great. It's way less.
2: Um so Wick from uh Red Reporter had a question. Hashtag lock me out, Daddy. Branch, you're breathing awful hard. Are you okay?
0: <laughs> I'm laughing and drinking, sorry. Oh, I'll you. pause. No, no, you're I'm...
2: fine. You're fine. Um would you rather fight one Joe Coonel sized Kyle Farmer or two Kyle Farmer sized Joe Kunels? Well, I think I would pick the one I think I would pick the one Joe Kennell size Kyle Farmer because Kyle Farmer is, exudes greatness at everything he does and we're probably gonna die in a fight anyway, so Who the hell is Joe Kennel? He was Kendall. he was Kendall. a pitcher he got a cup of coffee or two Big yeah, he pitched dude. In,
3: in, in 2019 and 2020 with the Reds, but got hurt and missed most of this season. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he's he's like 6'4", 250. He's a big guy. Uh, here's, the, here's the simple truth. You're fighting a professional athlete, or you're fighting two professional athletes. You die. fight the one professional athlete and hope he doesn't kill you.
4: <laughs>
3: mm. <laughs> let's let's be real here.
4: Well, I know yeah, myself to be I mean, a professional that's athlete, honest. and I'm not scared of me. Ah! <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I, I wouldn't want to fight you, so let's just...
2: Well, this would have been a great question for Phil Razor because he gets in a lot of fights in his life. Yeah, but but he doesn't win them. It just depends on the age. But he doesn't win it them. It just depends on the age. I mean, he gets by old people. He told us a story about how he got beat up in a, like a Foot Locker or something,
0: or what was the story?
2: He
3: old
0: people at. are terrifying.
3: Yeah, but I think I think when he got beat up at a Foot Locker, that was just like a coworker or a boss or something, and he yeah. was young then. So sorry, Phil. We even had a couple podcasts
2: about it. Him getting his ass beat. Shout out to Phil. <laughs> I don't. Um, he's sleeping. Oh yeah, he's definitely asleep. How do how do you live in the central time zone and are in bed by eight o'clock? I don't know, but anyway, um, that's all the questions we have. Live on, asked.
1: on a farm, I guess, huh?
2: Cock a doodle um, that's all questions we had. Thank you, everybody, for submitting your questions. And um, I think that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around the room here. Everybody give their final thoughts. And Branch, let's start with you.
0: All right. Um, I actually thought about this earlier today and kind of tried to read up on it, but it's hard to figure it out. On this uh, lockout thing, I guess there's a thing in Japan where the um, – You know, the players in a league minimum, if you have a breakout season, there is a pool and you like say we'll just use the NDS as an example. You have a breakout season and there and with the pool, there is a amount of money that is given because you achieved so much stuff statistically for that season you know you blah 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 RBM runs you know everything you ended up being one of the top players in 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 MLB you get a part of that pool as a bonus at the end of the year and I think they called it shotgun money or something like that and again I was reading up on it and translation was weird and you know could that possibly be? you know, some of the answers to these players that that you, where you can pay the one so does what they're sort of worth. But as far as the owners are concerned, it's coming from a pool and their salary is still the, the same the next year, you know, what's expected. Would that be a way of looking towards, you know, po- a possible solution to the issue that we're having in MLB right now? And that's really my final thought. I don't. I don't know if it's a thought or more of a question. <laughs>
2: um, I don't know. You kind of lost me, but
0: <laughs> I, I, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, I am. I have really had a lot of beer tonight, dude. That's fine.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carlos, give us your final thoughts. Uh.
4: As far as the CBA and negotiations, all that stuff, hold tight, everyone. It's going to be a minute. Um, I, I don't see very big changes other than like a DH. And I don't think anything service time is going to be anything too drastic. I mean, because it takes a long time to make some any sort of drastic change. Um, I hope it doesn't go into February, March. Um, but it just seems like it's – I don't think it is. I, I've said it all along. I don't think it is. The, the owners lost too much money. Um, the players don't want to lose any more money, especially veterans um, that have guaranteed contracts. Um, gonna, it's not a good time to have a lockout, man. It, it really isn't. The whole pandemic, and it would be a really bad look for the game overall. So I think both guys – both both sides are going to do as much as they can to kind of meet in the middle but I don't know. Those owners are sons of bitches. I'll tell you that sons. of
2: bitches, Doug, I wish I was one though. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that money. Doug, your <laughs> final thoughts.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm with Carlos on the, uh, the owners and what they are. Um, so the owners are basically claiming that they're poor and they don't want to be any more poor than they are. Um, but, you know, until they open up their books, I'm gonna just continue to say that they're all liars. Because every time we've gotten a look at their books, well, it turns out that they were lying to us and they were making way more money than they actually said they were. You know, as Branch mentioned earlier, you know, we only get a look at the Atlanta Braves numbers. And, you know, in the third quarter they had like two hundred and ninety-five million dollars of revenue, and that doesn't include the latter third of the baseball season in which the Atlanta Braves made the playoffs, and then won a World Series. Uh, now, they probably did lose money the first two quarters of the season. Just That's just kind of how it works. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, the Atlanta Braves are doing just fine Come of the, uh, the COVID season. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're not the uh, most profitable team in Major League Baseball because why would they be? It doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, I, I th- I, the, the owners are a bunch of liars. They hide money very well. Um, you know, they get money that they claim isn't baseball revenue, but a- absolutely only exists because of the baseball team. Uh, you know, when these teams get all these local television contracts, I think two-thirds of the league, instead of getting more money per year, they got a ship stake in these regional sports networks. Well, now all the money that Valley Sports Ohio makes in profit, the Reds get some of that because they are now are partial owners in Valley Sports Ohio. But that's not baseball revenue, even though it only exists because they took less money on the television baseball contract to get it. Well, now they want to hide that money and not give any of it back to the players. Because well, the players didn't earn that money now. The same thing happens. Let's take the Braves, for example. If you've ever been to Atlanta, you know their new stadium out in Cobb County. Not not in Atlanta, but um Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's they've got this thing right outside, it's called the Battery. And it's a real estate development situation. And it only exists because the Raves got a sweetheart deal on all the land because, well, they they moved a big team there. But all the money that they make there as real estate moguls, which every team is now trying to do the, – the, the situation out in Oakland is a big thing because the Oakland Athletics don't want to take what the city of Oakland is offering them because the city of Oakland isn't offering them like $400 million in free real estate development property. That's why they're trying to move because the city won't give them – Half a billion dollars of free land. Uh, you know, all these teams are trying to do things like this to separate baseball revenue from non-baseball revenue that only exists because they own the baseball team, and they're leveraging the baseball team to get these things because they want to keep more of that money for themselves and be able to tell the fans, the public, the government, and the players, "This, this is our money. We, you, did, you had nothing to do with this," and it's just, I. It's disgusting, and I hate it. Um, the owners suck. They're liars. They hide everything, and I will not be convinced otherwise until they open up their books and show us. And there's a reason that none of them open up and show us. They don't want you to know. But you know, fortunately, like I said earlier, we're in, we're in a different time and age where that information is more readily available to everybody. Uh, we, we may not know the exact specifics of everything, but we've got a general good idea of it. Um, I... 100% support the players getting their fair share, their due. They're the product. I hate referring to people as the product, but you know the, the only reason any of that money exists is because we fans want to watch them perform and play. Nobody's showing up to what Bob Castellini or yeah, any other owner is doing. We don't care. That's not why we tune into the television. It's not why we turn on our radios. It's not why we buy tickets and drive downtown and, or walk downtown if you happen to live there. You know, that's not why we go to watch the games. We go to watch Joey Votto. We go to watch Kyle Farmer. You guys like that? I know. You guys You guys love Kyle Farmer here. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but again, that's why we go and spend our money on all of this stuff. Because we want to watch the players. That's what's exciting. That's what brings us in. And I just, I, I'm never going to be on the side of the owners on this. It, it's never going to happen. Um yeah, that's that, that that that's my final take. I'm sorry for spending minutes talking about all that. But like like I started off the podcast, I'm very angry about this whole situation and uh nah, right, keep I'm, going. This is it. good. Keep going, keep going.
4: I I like Mad Doug. <laughs> I
3: like Mad Doug.
4: I do Mad too. Doug. It's great. Um, like two things on, on what Doug said. Like if you're any sort of a baseball fan, so somebody who's listening to this podcast is probably a pretty big baseball fan. So I don't think that they <sighs> Believe the owners that they're poor.
2: All ten of the these, poor owners,
4: these owners <laughs> didn't become billionaires, hundreds of millionaires by losing money every year. So they'd be gone if they were losing money back to back years. As much as they say they are. And number two, Bob, if you're listening... Go with the good karma and open your books like the Braves did. We need a World Series day. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: my final thoughts, uh, Bob Castellini, you're a pendejo. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Uncle Ram at Uncram. Um shout out to the Cincy Sports Gallery. They are having a yeah. big version of Reds Fest this weekend. Um uh, since Red's Fest was cancelled since you know you can't have any players there since they're in the lockout. Uh, it was cancelled well before then saying, you know, it was part of the pandemic or whatever, but I think they knew what was going <laughs> to happen. Knew. They knew. Yeah. So, um, go to the Cincy Sports Gallery. They're going to have a lot of stuff available. Uh, go spend all your money. Uh, shout out to Callie. Shout out to all the people there.
0: They're, they're going to have signings and stuff this weekend, too. Yep. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in Cincy area, go up there to Cincy Sports Gallery. And get, get some stuff signed. You know, at least enjoy the sport what you can.
2: Yep and buy a bunch of stuff. Ask ask, uh, the owner, Mark, about uh, their UK section. Um, He likes those
0: questions. Um. (laughs) She's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. Uh, (laughs) I I love you, Callie.
2: Did I ever tell you about the time I called up there and asked about their UK section, and he had no idea... What I was talking about and I don't know. It was pretty funny. Um, shout out to the Kentucky Wildcats for beating down the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, shout out to Oklahoma for losing their coach. Uh, Hell yes. shout, shout out to Notre Dame for losing their <laughs> murdering coach. Um,
3: shout out to uh, LSU for picking up Brian Kelly and his newly found accent.
2: Oh, yeah. If you all haven't seen that, go watch that. Where he, somebody made a video of him saying the word "family" <laughs> at Notre Dame, and then when he was introduced to LSU, as two completely <laughs> different ways that he pronounced it. That oh, word,
4: that
0: guy Bates. is such a douchebag. <laughs> I hope Notre Dame
4: somehow bag. gets in and wins it all. How do you? Off topic. Right, we hope you.
0: We hope you, we leave hope a you team? see wins it all. How do you leave a team? We don't.
2: Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, um, how do you leave a team that's that could potentially qualify for the playoff? Uh, money, that's why. Money, uh, money, money. Um, shout out to Luke Fickle <laughs> for uh, um, staying, staying. Apparently, for not getting for not, offered the job. For so. not getting,
4: yeah. <laughs> he'd have been gone.
2: Shout out to Mark Stoops for getting more money to stay at Kentucky. Um. I would shout out something about Texas, but they suck right now, Carlos.
4: <laughs> Not basketball, Coop.
2: Well, no. but, but we I all know. What
4: are they, it? top ten in basketball? Oh, I don't know. Don't even get me started on women's volleyball.
2: <laughs> hey, women's uh, volleyball. Hey, hey Carlos, Kentucky we'll, won the we'll,
0: world... talk, we'll talk when WVU wanders down that way.
2: Kentucky won the uh, <laughs> national championship in women's volleyball last year, so suck on that. Um So, COVID. I don't know. We've gone way off the rails here. So, <laughs> uh, for Moe Egger, who had to leave earlier, uh, and Carlos and Doug and Branch, this is Coop saying we will see you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Cincinnati, where
3: the river winds. The Rosemason and the Dixon Mine.